Thursday, April 11, 2019. You are listening to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Clint Daly, coming to you from the Mile High City, and it is a cold Mile High City today. I'm not sure where you're at, but here in Denver, yet we're getting snow and we're getting cold because that's just how we roll here in Denver, Colorado. Hey, if you are tired of the same old sports talk, if you are sick of the same old subjects again and again, talking about your local team like you haven't heard those same things over and over, hang out here at the Daily Dose for a while. You're going to like it a little bit better. We talk sports with a dose of common sense. We look at a number of different subjects, and whenever we get the chance, Yeah, we'd rather just laugh at a lot of the sports world because a lot of it is actually pretty funny. We are happy to have you here with us today. Happy Thursday to you. We are slowly but surely making it through this week. And kids, we have a very important day in sports history today because I want you to think about something right now. We are told over and over and over that baseball is the thinking sports fans game, right? That's what you always get told. Hey, there are nuances in baseball that maybe the average sports fan just doesn't get. If you're just that beer-chugging moron, you might not understand the depth and the precision that goes into baseball. These are smart sports fans, and it's a smart game, and we're not going to dumb it down for the rest of you morons, okay? Just kind of keep that in the back of your mind. Major League Baseball claims the year 1869 as their first year of existence, okay? Well, it was on this day, April 11th, back in 1907, that a very important innovation got started. Because on April 9th, 1907, 38 years after Major League Baseball had started, mind you, that New York Giants catcher Roger Bresnahan became the first catcher to ever wear shin guards. Now, I don't claim to be the smartest person in the world. But I will tell you this, the very first time I got hit in the shin with a baseball, I'd be going out and wrapping an old car fender around my leg if I had to. I was like four or five years old and I'm like learning to ride a bike and my foot slipped off the pedal. The pedal swings back and banged off my shin and brought tears to my eyes. And I was like, no, 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 that is not going to work. Imagine a baseball being thrown full speed at your shins by a pitcher. Are you kidding me right now? Or imagine when it gets tipped off the bat, how hard that cracks into your shin. It took baseball people 38 years to figure out that hurt. Hey, I know we get told baseball is the thinking person's game. Yeah, after thinking about that, I'm not so sure. Hey, if you'd like to contact Joe, tell us what sports innovation you feel like you would have invented. We would love to hear from you. Hit us up on email, dailydosports at gmail.com, or you can find us over on Twitter or Facebook. Both of those handles are at dailydosports. Maybe you've got a suggestion for us. Maybe you've got a question. Maybe you have a certain subject you would like us to tackle. Make sure that you reach out to us. We would love to hear from you. Also, be sure you stop by tpublic.com. Pick up some Daily Dose gear that is available over there. We've got t-shirts. We've got sweatshirts. We've got hoodies coffee mugs, a number of Daily Dose items, and a few different logos for you to choose from, be sure you stop by tpublic.com. We've got a lot to get to today. We have a number of sports news stories we need to talk about. But then, as we usually do on Thursdays, we have a few sports media overreactions that we need to get to. Because we know sports news, it can't just happen and the sports media take it in stride. They have to tell us some crazy 
outlandish take that usually doesn't really make all that much sense and try to spin it to us as, come on, people, how are you not seeing this? Well, we're not seeing it because what you're saying doesn't really add up. On Thursdays, we like to take a closer look at some of the silly things they tell us and just see if it is truly nonsense. We'll get to those in just a few minutes. But first, we do have a couple of stories coming out. And let's start with an odd story coming out of Missouri because a citation has been issued against a Missouri man accused of flashing that laser at New England Patriots quarterback Tom Brady during the Patriots AFC championship game win over the Kansas City Chiefs. Remember that? You could see like a little green light on Brady's helmet and on Brady's jersey. Well, prosecutors said yesterday that Dwayne Morgan, a 64-year-old man out of Lee's Summit, Missouri, faces a single count of disturbing the peace, a municipal violation. Television stations posted footage after the game that showed that green light flashing on Brady late in the Patriots' 37-31 overtime victory back in January. But prosecutors say Brady was unaware of the laser. Now, laser pointers are banned at pretty much every single sporting event because of the potential for distraction and because it is really, really dangerous to someone's eyeball. The light can damage the retina even if it just hits it for a short amount of time. Now, Morgan could be facing up to a year in jail and a $1,000 fine if convicted, but hold on a second. Disturbing the peace? That's what he's being charged with? Why would it be disturbing the peace? Is Tom Brady's nickname the peace? I don't know how that's disturbing the peace. I don't think he did any disturbing of the peace. I could see other charges, just not disturbing the peace. I could see, I don't know, attempted assault, attempted aggravated assault. I could see something like that. But I don't know how that's disturbing the peace. I mean, let's just say that Dwayne Morgan tried to hit Tom Brady, like he tried to punch Tom Brady. That wouldn't be disturbing the peace, would it? What if he tried to poke Tom Brady in the eyeball? Would that be disturbing the peace? I don't think it would. I think they'd come up with something else. What in the world is going on in Missouri? What are your laws governing here? None of this makes any sense. Is this some sort of weird plea bargain? Like when you get pulled over for speeding and then you actually plea down to defective vehicle. Okay, I was doing 90 in a 45 zone, but we're actually going to give you a broken taillight and you can plea it down. Is that what's going on here? Because nothing that happened here was disturbing the peace. I just, I don't understand how they got that call. If you tried to hurt Tom Brady, which is apparently what he's trying to do, that would be attempted assault, not disturbing the peace. I mean, what if, and I'm just throwing this out there, what if Dwayne Morgan went to a massage parlor where he knew they had prostitutes working? Would that be disturbing the peace? Okay, bad example, but you do understand what I'm saying, right? You can't just throw out some random charge that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Come on, Missouri, be better than that. Finally, in one of the more bizarre stories that I can remember recently in sports, LeBron James says he was stunned to learn of Magic Johnson's decision to just abruptly step down as the Los Angeles Lakers president of basketball operations on Wednesday. Now, I don't know if I believe that LeBron was stunned. I don't know why you'd be stunned. I mean, keep in mind, this is the same guy that can't pay NBA players enough to come be with him in Space Jam. So <laughs> slow down on being stunned that someone left you. But I get the sentiment. Despite Johnson's abrupt resignation, LeBron says he still stands behind Lakers owner Jeannie Buss and the organization. Now the team, of course, is still assessing what to do now 
considering Johnson moving on, but general manager Rob Polinka, they say, is going to stay in his job, and if anything, they say he will probably have even a little bit more power within the organization. Now, Magic didn't really offer any indication that he was on the edge of leaving the team. Johnson said he didn't tell LeBron about his decision to leave before making the announcement either. Of course, the Lakers finished the season 37-45 and and missed the playoffs yet again. They went 35-47 and last year, so we know that the job security of head coach Luke Walton was, let's just say, tenuous at best. When Magic announced he was having a press conference, like everyone just thought, oh, okay, well, he's going to be firing Luke Walton. We all knew this was coming. And then instead, he walked to the podium and said, yeah, I'm out. I'm not having fun. I'm going to leave. This is such a strange story. Of course, the Lakers have not made the playoffs since 2013. Now, Luke Walton did participate in exit meetings with players on Wednesday, and he does still have two years left on his deal. Only one of those years is guaranteed, which doesn't really mean anything except for the Lakers would have to pay him if they do go forward and fire him right now. And Magic was even asked, if he was going to let Luke Walton go, and he said he was preparing to make that decision, which I think we all know means, yes, he was going to fire Luke Walton. But you know, the thing that is standing out to me in this whole situation is the fact that Magic told us during the press conference that he was really torn on just giving up his position. He said he felt so bad for owner Jeannie Buss, who he sees basically as like a sister, that he couldn't even tell her face-to-face. So she basically found out like we all did watching the press conference and saying, wait, what did he just say? He's quitting? Seriously? That's how Jeannie Buss found out. And wow, is that disrespectful to Jeannie Buss by Magic. Do you think Magic Johnson would have not told Dr. Jerry Buss face-to-face if he was leaving the organization? No chance whatsoever. And that does tell me Magic Johnson doesn't truly respect Jeannie Buss because there's no way you would have done her like that if you truly respected her. No way. You would have gone to her and said face-to-face, I don't care how hard this is. I don't care how many tears we shed. I have to leave this organization, but I owe it to you to do this the right way. So when he says, yeah, I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't face her. That tells me he doesn't really respect Jeannie Buss. And while we're on that subject, here is the question that I'm starting to ask. At what point... Can we start calling Jeannie Buss a poor sports owner? Don't forget, Jeannie Buss is the one who hired Magic Johnson. She is the one who leaned on him and told him he should draft Lonzo Ball. She is the one that hired Rob Palenka. She has been putting these people in positions to make these decisions. And at some point, when do we start looking at Jeannie and saying, hey, hold on a second. What is it you're doing exactly? Because Make no mistake, she is not her father. And we are seeing the decisions she makes coming back and biting that franchise again and again. Yes, you got LeBron James. But right now, I'm not sure anyone else wants to go there. And this situation with Magic leaving, yeah, it's not helping because it just looks like chaos at the top of the Lakers organization. Hey, coming back with the NCAA tournament wrapping up this week. Yes, we have gotten a couple of sports media overreactions to discuss. Plus, where are some of those top NBA free agents going to be going this offseason? Yeah, probably not where we're being told by the sports media. We're going to talk about a few of those when we get back.
Hey, just a quick reminder that if you have any shopping you need to do, whether it's for yourself, maybe you have birthdays coming up, maybe you have holidays coming up, just remember you might want to head over to lootcrate.com forward slash daily dose where you can find the latest pop culture collectibles that feature your favorite TV shows, your favorite movies, and your favorite video games. April's Loot Crate theme is now out. It is called Showdown. When the time for talking is over and there are scores to be settled, these pop culture heavy hitters are always ready for a showdown. Hey, join us as we celebrate iconic battles with epic gear. April's Loot Crate theme features items from Captain Marvel, Aquaman, and Godzilla, King of the Monsters. But remember, if none of those franchises interest you, you can always go over to Loot Crate. You can choose from a selection of crates. You can get a monthly subscription of crates that'll arrive in your mailbox every month. Or you can just go over there and order individual items. And remember, they have a ton of things in any franchise that you can think of. The best part about ordering from Loot Crate, when you check out, make sure you type daily dose in the coupon box. We are going to get you 10% off of your order just as a little thank you for listening to The Daily Dose. So like we do on a lot of Thursdays, we like to take a look around at the sports media world and just kind of see what silly things they might be saying. Because so many times, the sports media world is trying to drum up business. They throw out stories. They throw out hot takes. They give us angles that when you stop and you really examine them, you go, yeah, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Why are you telling us that? And they say it like it's just obvious. They say it like it's just gospel. Of course you should just accept what we're feeding you. Yeah, not so fast. There are a number of sports media angles that don't always make the most sense. On Thursdays, we like to take a little closer look and see what it is they're saying. And let's start in college basketball, where many in the sports media world are telling us that Tennessee basketball coach Rick Barnes and TCU basketball coach Jamie Dixon made huge mistakes by not taking that UCLA job. Hey, UCLA has history that other schools could never dream of. They will never have the kind of past success that UCLA has had. And Jamie Dixon and Rick Barnes completely blew it by not grabbing that UCLA job when they could have because it can be built into something great. Could not disagree more with that take. Yes, UCLA has a ton of history. And it also has a ton of other things too. For one, UCLA has very high expectations. If you don't make the tournament every year, if you don't compete in that tournament, everyone is asking, hey, what's going on here? What's wrong with UCLA? What's wrong with that coach? Why is he not even getting us into the dance? I mean, if you don't make the tournament at TCU, I don't even know if anyone notices. I don't think anyone even cares. And as bad as that might sound, it does allow you some leeway as a coach. But UCLA also has temptations. Hey, living in Los Angeles is a very, very different situation than living in Knoxville, Tennessee. Kids can find a number of things to get into. Yes, you have a great recruiting base. You also have all the temptations that go along with living in a big city. Speaking of Los Angeles, the cost of living is going to be much, much higher than either Fort Worth or in Knoxville. They might pay you $5 million a year, but that's not going nearly as far in California. Between taxes, the cost of living, and the housing costs, yeah, that $5 million has gone way, way faster. Finally, there is the job itself. UCLA's facilities are way out of date. You're not going to pull recruits like they used to, just walking them in and having them look at the banners. They're looking around and going, "Uh, yeah, when would you build this place in the 40s? That's not where I want to go. 
Have you seen the facilities they're building at some of the schools in the SEC and in Texas? You think you're going to impress me with Poly Pavilion? Oh, hey, we're upgrading Poly Pavilion. Yeah, welcome to the 60s. That's not nearly enough for a lot of these kids. When you compare what they have facilities-wise, it's not even close. Which school would you rather be at? The one that is still living in its past glory and trying to live up to those unrealistic expectations? Or you could be at a school that maybe doesn't have a huge, rich history of success, but you could put your own name on it. Yeah, I'd stay at TCU or Tennessee. That decision isn't really that close to me. Speaking of the sports media world, telling people what they should do with their careers, there is also the take out there that Texas Tech head coach Chris Beard should be considering the NBA. His straightforward style, his player development that we saw from Texas Tech in the tournament, that might actually be a very good fit for the NBA. And that might sound great. And I really like Chris Beard's team this year. Texas Tech was so impressive with the way they executed and the way they played throughout the tournament. But you can tell whoever is lobbying out this sports take is clearly someone who maybe doesn't know Chris Beard's career background. This is not a guy that was born into blue blood in coaching. Chris Beard has actually bounced around to a number of little schools. He was at little Texas schools like Abilene Christian and Fort Scott Community College. Then he finally ended up getting an assistant job under Bob Knight when he was at Texas Tech and eventually he has worked his way up to the head coaching position. You know, I actually think the head coaching job at Texas Tech, it might be sort of a dream job for Chris Beard. His family's down there, and I think he may just be perfectly content to stick around in Lubbock and again, try to put his own name on a program that really doesn't have this huge history of success. You can already say Chris Beard is in the conversation for best Texas Tech coach of all time in basketball. He's right there. He's gone as far as anyone else has, and he's been to the championship game now. Hey, Chris Beard is putting together quite the resume. I know we like to send these guys on to the NBA immediately, but man, the NBA is way, way rougher than people think. Look at what Billy Donovan did at Florida, and then look at what he's doing at Oklahoma City. Yes, he's battling there in the playoffs, but he was rolling at the University of Florida. I don't know that every single coach needs to go to the NBA. Those players don't have to listen to you. And you can't really run a disciplined style like what Beard runs at Texas Tech. At Tech, Beard can build his team his way. I don't know that that's really going to fly at the NBA level. We did also hear that instant replay actually failed everyone in that NCAA championship game on the late call that gave Virginia the ball. Not sure if you remember this call, but Texas Tech was down by two points. And with just over a minute left in overtime, Red Raiders guard David Moretti got the ball and was dribbling up court only to have the ball poked away by Virginia's DeAndre Hunter. Now, the initial call on the floor gave Texas Tech the possession, but after an extensive video review that included a close-up of the play, we saw some slow-motion footage that looked like the ball had maybe grazed Moretti's finger before it went out of bounds. The ball was given to Virginia, and that has raised questions on whether replay was being reviewed in its intended fashion. And I do actually understand this a little bit, but I also do think the referees in this situation got it right. When you looked at the replay of this play and you had it zoomed in like, I don't know, 347%, I think you can see that the ball did touch Moretti's finger. My problem again with all of this replay stuff 
is that getting the call right took way too long. Remember, this call was made with just over a minute left in overtime. The review took, what, like five minutes? So again, it chops up a very intense, very good flowing basketball game. Someone please tell me this. When we have these instant replay reviews, why does the ref on the playing surface need to go watch them? Why can't you just have a replay ref watch it real quick and just relay the information? I don't need the ref to go over to the Viewmaster viewer on the sideline, duck under the hood, or in basketball, put the earmuffs on and stare at the replay. If you want to fix blatantly incorrect calls like this one, which I do think the refs got right finally, fine. Just get the decision from a replay referee and let's speed up this process by about three or four minutes. I don't need you to go over and look at it. I need someone else to already be looking at it and saying, hey, switch that. It's their ball. Done. Let's get this thing moving. Speed up the replay process. I'm fine with you getting it right. It has to be faster. Not sure if you saw this one, but The Athletic recently conducted an anonymous poll of NBA players where they asked a few questions. Who is the most overrated player? Who is the true MVP of the league? And who is the greatest player of all time? And when they asked that question, the results weren't all that mixed, really. Michael Jordan received 73% of current NBA players' votes. LeBron James received a little over 11%. Kobe Bryant received just over 10%. And Kareem Abdul-Jabbar got 1.7%. But now we are hearing from the sports media world that players struggle to vote for LeBron James because they are currently playing with and against him. So this could be biased. Yeah, I'm not sure I follow that logic at all. I mean, in my opinion, wouldn't that make players more likely to vote for LeBron? If he is the greatest player of all time and I play against him, then that helps my legacy too. I can say I'm a greater player too as a result of having played with and against LeBron James. So I don't think I'm buying that spin. I think if anything, we probably got more players to vote for LeBron because it makes them look better in turn. So I don't buy that. Now, I would actually be interested to know what players polled in previous generations would have said in a poll like this. Like, if we would have asked back in the mid-80s, who's the greatest player of all time, I would have loved to have seen what maybe Magic and Larry and Michael and Barkley and Malone and all those guys would have said. I think that would have been really interesting. But most likely, the players in that generation would have responded with, oh, you have a poll for us to take? Oh, it's an anonymous poll? Uh, do this. Print out that poll, light it on fire, and stuff it in a place that's going to be hazardous to your health. I don't have time to fill out your stupid poll. They just weren't geared that way. But it would have been interesting if they would have answered honestly. I will say this. Had anyone dared not put Michael Jordan down when he was playing, I feel like he probably would have just averaged 60 points on the off chance that maybe the guy guarding him hadn't voted for him. Oh, Michael would have taken that very personally. That would not have gone over well for Michael Jordan. Finally, we do have two very popular opinions coming out in the sports media world, and they are involving Golden State Warriors superstar Kevin Durant. The first is that following this season, when it looks like Golden State is, again, the favorite to win it all, Kevin Durant could be moving on from Golden State and joining LeBron James in Los Angeles, and he could become a Los Angeles Laker. Here's a question. Watching the last two NBA Finals, what makes anyone think that Kevin Durant wants to help LeBron's legacy? I really think Kevin Durant 
looks at himself as being right there with LeBron James. Hey, he's won three titles. I've won two titles and I'm about to win my third title. And if I go somewhere else and I win, I actually pass LeBron James. I could actually move ahead of LeBron James. You think I'm going to go help LeBron? No, no, no. I don't think that's how Kevin Durant operates. I don't think he looks at LeBron as, okay, well, LeBron's ahead of me, but then maybe I could go help him and together we could pass Jordan. I don't think KD lives that way. I think he looks at it and says, yeah, I'm going to pass him. I'm better than him. I don't get any sort of a feeling that KD is like, hey, LeBron, let's touch rings and go all Wonder Twins power activate together. He's just not geared that way. I don't think he would have any interest in that. And of course, when you look at the Lakers right now, I mean, it doesn't look like an appealing situation at all. Who's even calling the shots now that Magic Johnson is gone? LeBron? That has never gone well in the past. Is he going to bring back, I don't know, Tristan Thompson and J.R. Smith? And who is the coach? We don't even know who their coach is. I'm assuming Luke Walton is still going to be gone, isn't he? So is LeBron going to handpick the coach? Is he going to go get Tyron Lue because Tyron Lue lets him do whatever he wants? I don't know that Katie's going to go for that either. Remember when Kevin Durant dropped that little gem about how playing with LeBron James can be toxic? Yeah, he kind of nailed it, didn't he? When we look back at that now, it doesn't sound that crazy, does it? When you look at the Los Angeles Lakers, the other opinion flying around about Kevin Durant, the sports media world is saying maybe he's actually going to go to New York and join someone like, I don't know, Kyrie Irving and possibly even a newly drafted Zion Williamson and raising the New York Knicks from the ashes. Doesn't it seem like we hear this every year? Every single year, we keep being told again and again how every single free agent is going to the Lakers or they're going to the Knicks. Hey, Kawhi Leonard's going to the Lakers. Well, or else he's going to go to the Knicks. Kevin Durant, he's going to the Lakers or else he's going to the Knicks. Anthony Davis, he's going to the Lakers or else he's going to the Knicks. Now, we've already talked today about some of the problems that the Lakers face. But how in the world did the New York Knicks get thrown into this mix? I mean, honestly, at this point, in this era, it would be like throwing, I don't know, the Cincinnati Bengals into the mix every single time an NFL free agent came available. Because the Cincinnati Bengals ownership is awful, and the Knicks, under Jimmy Dolan, they are even worse. Dolan is, right now, the worst owner in all of pro sports. Does anyone realize that? Why in the world would anyone want to go play for him? We keep being told this again and again. Well, hey, whoever goes and joins the Knicks, they could build the Knicks back up into what they used to be. Yeah, most of the guys playing today, they don't remember the Knicks ever being good. The Knicks have always been terrible. What glory years are the kids of today looking back at with the Knicks? I don't think most of them are even old enough to remember the Patrick Ewing Knicks let alone going back to like the Willis Reed Knicks. That's not even on the radar. I don't even think these kids remember the Patrick Ewing Knicks. So they don't care about building up the Knicks. And I know that everyone tells us, yeah, but New York is the biggest stage. You're the biggest in the league when you're in New York. Yeah, but the Brooklyn Nets are probably a better situation. And the Los Angeles Clippers are a better situation out West. Everyone can keep saying the New York Knicks are about to knock it out of the park. And maybe they do get lucky and they do draft a quality player. But I'm going to believe that they sign all these big name free agents when I see it. Because I don't think anyone wants to play in that bright of a spotlight for an owner that has proven to get every single thing wrong 
every single time. I know the sports media world keeps jamming the Lakers and the Knicks down our throat as these wonderful destinations. Yeah, I don't see them as that wonderful. And the biggest reason is because both of them have the same problem. I don't think their ownership is that good. And we know in these sports franchises, the rot starts at the top and works its way down. Yeah, I'm not buying the Knicks as this wonderful destination for NBA free agents. Hey, tomorrow on The Dose, we'll be recapping the biggest news in the world of sports. Plus, as we usually do on Fridays, we will have our weekend sports preview. Hey, it should be a pretty fun weekend because we will have the Masters rolling along. That should be a lot of fun to watch. And we do have playoff games in both the NBA and the NHL, so there is going to be a number of things for you to watch. And like we do on most Fridays, we will be bringing you our Daily Dose Top 5. You know that you have to tune in for that. Hey, I have to say thank you all so much for listening to the Daily Dose every day. Thank you so much for the feedback. Thank you so much for the texts and the tweets. Thank you so much for sharing the show with someone you know. We could not do any of this without you sharing the show. It is the only way we get new listeners. Go out and tell a friend, a family member, a co-worker. We appreciate that so much. Have to say thank you to JSP. Could not do any of this without you. I will see you all tomorrow. Have a great Thursday.